0: Welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy trivia podcast. I'm Nate Regolia. Each week, we subject our guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea. And this week, we're going to be talking about the dark, dystopian, and technologically advanced world of cyberpunk. And with us, we have two returning guests, both from the Molehole Radio family of podcasting excellence. My uh, <laughs> emphasis, not theirs. <laughs> Uh, first we have TJ Stambaugh.
1: Welcome back, that TJ. My, How you been? I, I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, you know, just uh just hoping they stop the steal and uh the recounts go my way. And <laughs> oh man, yeah. It would be <laughs>
0: nice to have uh to have real confidence in the electoral process again by completely yeah, flipping the results yeah. to favor well, one person.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you know, I I, I did uh I did uh, I'm glad that I put my money into Dominion. Uh, they're getting a lot of play right now. Um, also related and sort of related to the show, Dominion Tank Police. Wonderful yeah. uh, anime and manga you should check out. Highly recommend. I don't know what I'm saying. It's going to be a terrible show. <laughs> but thank hey, you. For it's
0: the best way to start any show is, is on a terrible <laughs> note.
1: We yes. can only go up well, from here. So that's what <laughs> you yeah. know when they
2: saw our names. It was going to be terrible. It's like, oh, this is it's the Lisa it's, episode it's, of it's, a vague idea.
1: Yeah, it's them. It's them again. They're like, doesn't Nate Nate doesn't have any real like any other friends than these guys? Like
0: Jesus Christ, we're back to the level ten vegan, nothing that casts a shadow
1: episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that episode's not bad. No, it's really not as bad as that, that episode is not bad. Like, um, what are, is the
2: line for the Simpsons? It's like everybody says ten, but I'm thinking it's closer to like fifteen.
1: Well, in, in uh, one of the episodes that that I did on the show. Uh, one of the Simpsons episodes. I think we discovered that the line was way later. Like, yeah, didn't we, didn't we find that it was like closer to like fourteen when you started getting just like very uneven seasons. I, I, I finally, I finally ran into while I'm doing my Disney Plus
0: rewatch. I ran into the episode where I was like, okay, I don't understand how this was made when it was made, and I don't understand why it still exists. And it was the preteen Braves episode where they face off against Millhouse and a bunch of like cavalry
1: kids yeah yeah, that's not a great episode
0: and everybody's just in red face and like okay cool this is the joke guys we're doing a 1950s bit i was like really what the fuck this is like i don't know well i think that 2002 or something
1: probably a result of you still had writers that are like 65 years old and they're like oh you remember when you we used to play like i don't know cavalry and indians (laughs) like you know that's what kids do nowadays like what no what what season is the weed episode
2: cuz that's like the, that's later on but I do love that episode a real pothside. Yeah, when <laughs>
1: like uh yeah that head. that one's
0: in the I think it's in the same season or the season before that pre-team brave. So I'm thinking it's like 14 or 13 cuz
2: I yeah, did just episode, recently see man, that
1: too. That episode's
2: sick. <laughs> you're incredibly sick. <laughs> sick. Oh, my doctor didn't even <laughs> tell me that. I had to hear it from Fish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Really um, right. our our second returning guest uh another member of the the molehole family and my publishing partner at space boy books sean grokowski sean welcome to the
2: show yeah that's me man um we're gonna find out how much i love the aesthetic of cyberpunk but probably don't know as much about it as i would tell you i did
1: yeah same. all right <laughs> i mean I, I feel like
0: i i feel like I've i'm really hoping that i'm that really hoping the terrible. uh
1: the billy idol album is brought up at least once oh that's got that cover of heroin
2: on it that's 38 minutes long
1: yeah and it's like a it's like an upbeat like euro pop version of it because that's that song definitely (laughs) lends itself to wanting to dance for eight minutes
0: as does heroin
1: obviously Also, also uh about that that album if if uh somebody looks up the video shock to the system which was the single off of that album it's uh obviously pretty heavily influenced by tetsuo the iron man and that fact just fucking blows my mind that <laughs> there's like a billy idol tribute to tetsuo the iron man out there like i that's your i name. love that like billy
2: idol thinks that like cyber punks are a thing like it's like a genre of music
1: or something <laughs> like oh yes yeah, the cyberpunks yeah yeah <laughs> fucking billy idol dude
0: he was great he was great in uh in the wedding singer though
1: Hey, I'm going to go Excellent. ahead and say this, though. Generation X, not a bad punk band. Uh, they got a lot of shit on. They got shit on a lot when they were like uh, around originally because they were like and rightfully so. Uh, seen as like, oh, I got a question. Pretty, pretty boy posers. This, but pretty good. That's pertinent to this show. I think it mm-hmm. came up in a thread
2: like what's the ultimate cyberpunk song? And the best one I could come up with was Jesus Built My Hot Rod by Ministry
1: uh i have i have like well i have a sort of i have an answer for this okay gotta be break of the edge crusher by fear factory and sidebar pretty much all of fear factory's catalog is cyberpunk like the whole like that that um i think the album's actually called edge crusher but like all the lyrics are about like cyberpunk shit like it's like uh I, I can't re- now i can't remember any of the fucking lyrics but like literally like it's it's like that they're all dorks like they all read fucking william gibson and then they started fear factory but like the it's led all, zeppelin of their era yeah that, that, that's a fun that's a band that like no one fucking talks about anymore they were very popular when i was like i guess in middle school but like they're a band that just disappeared from even like metal nerds consciousness that album's pretty well, it's good because like
2: you, you would th- i guess you would think not you know thinking about it too much that cyberpunk music would be like techno but i always think of industrial no i would, I I, would i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna would make a uh, a sort of pop hard rock submission alternative submission okay. for for a good reason uh machine head by bush is the most cyberpunk song that ever existed because <laughs> it is disgustingly that. corporate it is posing yeah. <laughs> to be mechanical but it makes references to technological things while also just bleeding a completely uh one level emotional ethos
1: i can you know what it's it's you know, I, that's pretty good I, and you know the the thing about yeah. B- while we're talking about bush i think i think the saddest thing about getting old is like i'll put on a lot of times like i'm at work i can't put on like super heavy music in my office because i don't like i just you know what i mean i, I don't want to bother anybody but I'll put on like, you know, like just a, a random like 90s, uh, you know, playlist and Bush will come on and I'll be like, this isn't that bad. And then I'll be like, wait a second. <laughs> this is Bush. <laughs> all right. So just real quick about Fear Factory being the ultimate cyberpunk band. This is the titles of all their albums uh, from 1992 on Soul of the New Machine, "Demanufacture," manufacture mm. Obsolete, Digimortal, <laughs> Archetype. <laughs> Transgression, mechanize the industrialist and Genix, genus. So I mean, that sounds. They all sound like uh, cyberpunk novels. So I, I I still think that Fear Factory is the ultimate cyberpunk band.
2: Yeah, if I if I didn't go with um the Ministry, it would be like I probably the majority of the Crow soundtrack, but especially that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Fucking um. The what is it? Not sister machine gun. I can never think of it. It's you're, the probably, you're talking the about the, the,
1: the, the Thrill Kill Cult song. Yeah, I can't uh, think after of it. the flesh. After the flesh. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool. Ad. That whole album is great. But that also the best uh, Thrill Kill Cult song because their shit is kind of all over the place, kind mm-hmm. of inconsistent.
2: Yeah, I much prefer the Skull Kill Crew. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's hop into the opening question real quick. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna ask each of you two things.
2: Two things. things? (laughs) Thank you.
0: I I I was I was fishing for that. You were waiting for that. I was. I was ready. Uh. So yeah. TJ, we'll start with you. So one, what do you like most about Cyberpunk? And two is a Would you rather. So answer the first one first, and then
1: I'll I'll throw the Would you Um, rather at you. I mean, what what I like about it, I've always liked the. I mean, it's kind of. I guess this is kind of a vague answer, but I've always liked the aesthetic, right? Like I like the show. It's okay. I like the I like the whole idea of like. Uh, high tech, but like low, l- high tech, but low society, right? Like, um, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that, that you know, the, the uh, one of the first things that I read that was cyberpunk was Neuromancer, which is also coincidentally probably my favorite book. Which you're going to be shocked if you bring up how little of it I remember, <laughs> but it's all uh, right, I've read it three <laughs> times and I couldn't tell you a lot, so I love it so much, but. The whole idea of, like, these guys living in squalor, and but they're still, like, they're, like, super smart, and there's all this, like, technology, kind of before cyberpunk, technology is always this kind of opulent thing. Like, another one of my favorite things ever is the movie 2001, right? And that technology is literally up in space and very opulent and clean and uh you know what i mean like um uh it seems expensive sterile yeah Yeah, Mm sterile is a great word thank you sean like, and sean's actually brought this up about alien which i think definitely has cyberpunk um you know it has cyberpunk kind of dressing to it i mean you're dealing with a corporation but you have uh, not not as much so much the societal elements but definitely has like design elements i think that that could be used but in Alien, Aliens, a movie where, like, the technology is dirty, the ship looks kind of crappy, it's kind of, like, slapdash together, and I always love that kind of stuff, because I like, I like that more kind of grounded appeal, and, like, the thing, too, with, um, with, with, uh, specifically, like, William Gibson's cyberpunk stuff is that, like, it caters to, it caters to weebs before we knew what weebs were, like, mm-hmm. it's very Japanese-centric like, oh, yeah. you know, you got, like, uh, I mean, this is this is coming from, uh, like, the, the Shadowrun stuff, but, like, street samurais and katanas and the Yakuza and all that And, like, as a kid, I loved all that shit. I still oh, do. Yeah. Well, you and, know, that's, I, and it's I cool am because we were Japan-ified. young at a time
0: when, like, we were young for that stuff. I mean, granted, like, most of Gibson's stuff came out before we were born. But, like, yeah. we all remember growing up in the 80s and all of the, like, fear of Japan- taking over the United States, right? Absolutely. Like, there's the song turning yeah. Japanese. Like there's all these just, there was a cultural Which is cultural actually fear. a song,
1: it's a racist song about masturbating, but that's a, besides the point. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, uh, you know, even the, the
2: media of the time, like, you know, everybody calls Ci- uh, Blade Runner a cyberpunk. And I mean, I would argue it's probably not really, but like it's all, there's like Japanese iconography all over that movie. Yeah. You know, the projection being that again, nikon and the honda were going to take over the entire united states
1: yeah but pan am
2: was going to thrive
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah that's right I forgot about pan Am. <laughs> which still, I, like i
0: mean i love that in 2049 too that they that they kept that pan am building and, which was yeah. very cool
1: and i also just i i don't know like the the, the 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 like punk part of cyberpunk always interests me like i like that again like that street level i know this is something that sean really likes too and I, I would be wa- willing to wager that that Nate, you also love it. But, you know, I like shit like taxi driver and Frank Miller daredevil comics that are like, you know, or like Abel Ferrara movies. And it's like, you took that kind of aesthetic where it's, you know, it's dirty and it's like crime ridden, but then you added fucking laser guns and computer terminals and shit like that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Fu- hell yeah. Like, give me that. Like, I want that. So yeah, I love it. Also, I think that I've probably used the Dixie Flatline reference in the <laughs> podcast about four billion times. I had no idea that 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 has become a trope. And I swear to God, Dick, like he's become a Dixie Flatline. We've said that on the show so many times. I, you know, it's so funny when I read that in the book originally, the Dixie Flatline thing. I thought it was so fucking clever, and then like apparently everybody else did too, and they just put it in their movie. <laughs> so yeah i don't know i'm a i'm a huge fan i'm a big it's like how
0: almost every movie has a jacob's ladder scenario in it now too
2: it's it's kind of crazy right well it's funny that you mentioned like the sulaco uh the alien ship because that is the outer space aesthetic now like
1: yeah 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 the expanse does that like yeah. I need to watch that show. I heard it's good. Um and then you had another question for yeah, me? Yeah.
0: So the the your second part of the question. Uh, well, Sean, why
2: don't you why don't
0: you yeah. go first with what you like about Cyberpunk?
2: I just love neon, man. Like yeah, I think anybody <laughs> that knows me knows I'm a big fan. Um I don't know, it touched on a lot of stuff TJ said, but it's uh I love crime fiction. Mm-hmm. But like Cyberpunk had that kind of crime aesthetic where it was just like regular Joe criminals. It wasn't like, you know, you weren't Don, Don Gillinger, you weren't Don Gillinger or John <laughs> Dillinger. Like it was less focused on like, that was one of, of, of his hoteling. <laughs> like that hyper masculine crime, you know, super tough guy stuff. Cause they're all like just fucking nerds and wasters and losers. It's a it's something I think you Nate and I talk about a lot when we look at manuscripts and stuff. It's that the future is never really as futuristic as you expect it's going to be. Oh fuck. And no. I like think it's, it's 2020
0: and ago. we're still doing the same shit that we were doing when I was 18.
1: Yeah, I think I, yeah, some, I like, with it, some improvements. I think I floated this idea to Sean, but I wanted to make a movie where it's like a future it's it's like a futuristic movie, it's at like 75 years in the future, but it's exactly the same as it is now except for one like stupid minor difference that like nobody would even realize. Like now, like every glass you pick up is already cold or so- something like that. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like I, I always had this idea of like, like making a series of movies where like everything was seemingly normal, but there was one weird thing that you may watch the movie and never even fucking realize. Like I always had this idea, Sean, Sean knows this. Cause I, I told him this years ago. I always had this idea of having like a super serious movie. Like a hardcore drama, like like cold, sterile drama movie. But then in the like middle of one scene, not even necessarily like a climactic scene, just a fucking scene, a robot, like a clanky clank fucking like beat a forbidden planet robot, you know? Like, like a the, why was I programmed to feel yeah. pain robot? He would show up in the background, scream, f- burst into flames, and none of the characters would recognize it and, and respond to it. There'd be extras walking by. And and me as the director in this hypothetical situation, anytime I was asked about it, I wouldn't talk about it. Like, I don't know. I feel like that would be amazing. like that, that would be like my yeah. dream. <laughs> like no, to that's... always have one weird thing in the movie. Like the opposite of Takashi Mike, that always has at least one weird thing, but he makes he makes it like a, a focal point of his movies. Like this would be like just one strange thing. Sorry, I went off on a tangent.
0: No, yeah, you good a little, it, little sh- too many of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey oh uh sean did you have anything else to to add about why you like cyberpunk
2: um i don't know it just it lends itself to you know the the kind of sensibility that we have and i don't know how much of that we got from it or we like kind of attached to it now like that kind of like anti-corporate diy um I'm, i'm kind of fumbling for the words here but it's it's everything in cyberpunk super street level, and I, TJ t- talked about Taxi Driver and Abel Ferrara movies, and like even like you know Daredevil or it's that's the thing I like because it's identifiable, you know like mm-hmm. yeah, there's and, something and that's like the lefty of-
0: everyman sort of uh, just yeah just getting by
2: yeah absolutely right? because like in a lot of fantasy and sci-fi it's like the theme or the world itself is like overpowers the story where in most cyberpunk stories, all that shit's just window dressing.
1: Yeah. And it's just,
2: they're basically just human drama and they, they lend themselves to noir a lot too. So, I mean, that's, you know, it just from a storytelling perspective, that's why I like it and why I don't like steampunk because they're all like so stupidly fantastical. Yeah, that's well, a good, it, it, the yeah, more elements is a good Steampunk point,
0: and, I mean. and other stuff tends to, you know, standard sci-fi tends to focus so much on aspirational stuff that like, oh, if Victorians could have had uh, air flight, right? Like they would, think of all the yeah. things we would do. And yeah, oh, it, you know, and then you look at Star Trek, which I love Star Trek, but it does, like that aspirational thing is, is it's a fun fantasy, but it's so not attached to reality because most of the things that we experience today in our day-to-day lives william gibson wrote about 30 years yeah. ago 40 years ago and uh, you know and it's like oh shit this uh, yeah we're on track for the horrible shit to happen not yeah, it, not vice yeah. versa it
1: is kind of depressing that we literally live in the corporate dystopia that he wrote about but we don't have any of the co- the fun stuff <laughs> keeps, yeah like, no the, we're, the we're, we're full of, like like that planet of jamaicans yeah yeah we don't have that we don't have like clones <laughs> well I, I if you listen to certain people we do have clones like every person in the government is a clone apparently um uh, but uh yeah it's it's depressing but like it, it's not even like the the stuff that he wrote about about the corporate takeover i mean we're we're living it right like i i there's a chart that i i see get passed around a lot because i'm such a fucking crazy leftist but like it's about the illusion of choice right like people oh, are yeah. like well we don't want to we don't want to go to like a socialist or well this would be more of a communist society because you know we'd only have like one choice of coffee and like the, then you bring out this chart and it's just like so you have all these brands, right? But they're owned by three people, so it's like it's it's an illusion. Yeah. You don't really three know companies how source
0: coffee from the same five growers and it's, package them different ways and It's tell the Duff you
2: Gardens.
1: The, it's it's yeah. it all comes out of one pipe. Like it's well, just- you see,
2: you always see that picture. It's like, oh, this is a supermarket in Cuba where it's like you know five thousand cans of the same tomatoes. Yeah, which um is actually a picture of a restaurant supply store and <laughs> right,
1: California.
2: yeah, yeah, you yeah, I uh if you ever really want to get like cyberpunked out, look at a infographic of what Disney owns. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. And I mean they, they
0: I think they technically own all three of us. We just yeah, know I it. think
2: the, the most cyberpunk thing in the world is the fact that we don't have it functioning antitrust laws. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. <For
0: real>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then yeah. and that no one seem like
0: at no point does anyone stand up and go, Hey, we need to address this. <laughs> yeah, and also like
1: yeah. like a trope of uh of, of a lot of cyberpunk stories is like like completely uh heartless politicians that have no care about their electorate and it's like well we live that and like yeah, yeah we already even, live in a time even where... the quote good ones like are, are fucking cold and ununderstanding. it's like it's ridiculous yeah we've oh, got
2: man. we've got private military companies or corporations or whatever the sea is i mean like we're really Mine is having a dragon running a cartel in Mexico from a pyramid. We're like right there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
2: All right, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna do the uh, the would you rather portion for both of you. So TJ, All would right. you rather be a precog, a mnemonic courier, or Ooh. a bone jacker? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, you brought. Yes, you brought in Freejack. Thank yeah. you very yeah. much. I'm very excited <laughs> about that. Well, I, I obviously committed. I wanted. To, Free Jack is the most cyberpunk movie ever made.
1: Obviously, I want to be a bone jacker. Come on, man. Like, how am I not going to pick that? Come on. Free Jack. What a great movie. Vicendic. And there's a giant it- Jack at the end of the movie. Like, from the game Jacks. <laughs> that fucking amazing. Move, that fucking movie, man. Oh, yeah. You know what? Oh, my God. I never thought about that. You're right. The thing at the end did look like a fucking Jack. Oh, yeah. my God. It's so weird. Now, wait. Hold on. Hold on. The... <laughs> The Bone Jackers were Mick Jagger's crew that were supposed to get the Free Jacks, right?
0: Yeah, they go pick up yeah. the, the bodies that are going to be
1: <laughs> repopulated by the wealthy. And they they, they fucking... For, for uh, someone that's supposed to have been like an organized thing that have done this all the time, the Bone Jackers seemed very ill-equipped to handle Emilio Estevez's tiny ass that allowed him oh, to yeah. <laughs> zap him with like the surgery death gun that they were going to use on him and it's just like like why is he struggling it's like isn't wouldn't everyone be fucking struggling like you're about to kill them with like your laser gun yeah someone needed to
0: poke their head and say do you even human traffic at all
1: i i still love the fact that like the central premise of that movie is like anthony hopkins is like well if i look like your old dead boyfriend you're gonna love me now it's like what What?" like no (laughs) that would be horrific like (laughs) I, I, i can't I mean, I don't want to get too personal, but, like, if something like that happened in real life, you would be, like, horrified. You know, like, it would, yeah. You'd be like, you're wearing someone I cared about's, like, flesh suit. Like, I don't want anything. I'm terrified right they now. You wouldn't even have to be dead. If someone that I, right. like an
0: ex, if an ex <laughs> right. was repopulated by a different person, it was like, oh, this is the girl that broke up with you when you were 17. Right. She wants to date you now. It's like, no, I'm
1: this like, is weird. I'm like, but I'm also th- your dad. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, is, like, like she kind of already wanted to fuck anthony hopkins so he did all this shit for nothing (laughs) yeah oh man that movie oh my god Doesn't just realize the fact that he's rich is good enough yeah he's like he's like the jeff bezos of the future well he did need a new body right that was like the he was in that like like uh what do you call it like he was in that like living the
2: spiritual file cabinet
1: yeah. So he needed a new, a new body, but just get anybody. Like if yeah. you can just get anyone, like if, if the whole thing with their technology uses you have to just pull somebody before the like moment of death, people die every day. Like it's like a claw machine. Just fucking yeah. dip your fucking free Jack like teleporter thing anywhere. You'll get somebody.
0: Also renowned sex bot Mick Jagger is right here. Just bring him to his moment of death and then take
1: his body. I don't understand. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, Mick Jagger in that movie. God bless him. i i still think my favorite technology in that whole movie is that he's talking to emilio estevez basically on like a laptop in a car and somehow he has got they in the future they have technology where they can open up the laptop again he's like i got you i can turn this back on (laughs) oh what a movie all right sean
0: sean what do you think would you rather be a precog a mnemonic courier or a bone jacker
2: no, I want to be a mnemonic courier because I want a clean shirt and I want room service and I want yeah. great looking hookers. I, I still think that, like, this is why, I'm going to say um, mnemonic courier just for well, I love the Yakuza but um, to go back to Cyberpunk and why it never ages poorly you can remake that movie and all you have to do is change the amount of data storage in Johnny's brain and it still works just as well. Yeah, yeah, Like, it's I don't know. I'm I'm surprised they don't have some kind of like obviously not pneumatic couriers, but like that they don't go back to couriers because everybody's emails constantly getting hacked. Like why not just have an actual paper courier service at this point? Yeah. yeah, it really makes
0: sense. I mean, it, what we've we've figured out how recycle paper, so it's not like it's not like it's a deforestation problem like I think we thought in the in the late 80s, early 90s.
2: Oh, yeah. Lord, that if, was a if, that was a big if, thing i forgot a, all
1: about that yeah you're right
2: a business scumbag like i don't think the environments are primary concern just also get a bicycle <laughs> yeah. courier to bring that shit over and burn it afterwards you know what i mean like yeah well
1: yeah because yeah. it's, it's funny thing because all the like the business assholes are also like 80 year old men that have no idea how to operate technology so they're like ccing the fucking new york times on their fucking email by mistake it's like oh shit <laughs> I'm going to type but I don't, don't, be don't contact New York Times in the in the yeah. two list. It's it's pretty big. Hey, hey, so um, the precog is you're going to get all pruny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get all pruny bobbing around in that water.
2: I've never nobody read wants the that.
1: This, the story is the story is not called Minority Report, right? The story is called something else cuz Philip K Dick always it's wrote Called like, The Minority Report. Yeah. Is it, how much different is it from the film substantially? Yeah, like everything that he wrote yeah, like yeah, the basically. the
2: precogs are more like when you think of like the oracles at Delphi or whatever the um, where they are like actually mentally impaired. Oh, okay. And they're not like they're not right in the same way. It's more of a like they're more like a probability machines.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Oh. Is okay. That-
2: you yeah, well, because I mean, because
0: they're they're more like oracles in that sense. They're going to provide you with enough vague framework that you could deduce what's going on.
1: They'd provide but, you with, but in the a movie, vague idea. Like,
0: they, uh, oh, oh
1: right. <laughs> um, credits.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're uh, we're done. Uh, no, yeah, but they, it, yeah, because in the movie, they they more or less give like a video projection of this is the thing that's going to happen yeah. and then you just have to find where to match that video with your own view
1: that's and yeah in the book that their that way movie. it's way more it's way more loose did you know, uh-huh. in real life, they think that the oracles, because, you know, they really existed, they think that they were just over, like, a natural gas leak, and they were just, like, huffing gas the whole time, and that's, they had fucking, like, brain it's like, damage. and Just,
2: like, praise land? Yeah, yeah praise yeah, land. Yeah, yeah, I've read that. I was <laughs> like,
1: that's, that's kind of fascinating. But, yeah, obviously, they had no fucking idea, but they just had these, like like, girls that they dump in these, like, pits, basically, that were just huffing gas all day. Yeah, well, you know, hey, uh, I, did, stage, I do love late stage uh, imperialism. Speaking of speaking of oracles, real quick, I do love Zack Snyder's uh, vision of an oracle in uh, 300. It's like a, of course, she's a half naked dancing girl that that gets raped by all of the like priests. Because man, when you think about Zack Snyder's stuff, it's just it paints a picture, it really does. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah he's got some. He's got some stuff he needs to work through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Hopefully, his Fountainhead movie will exercise those demons. If you oh, ever get to make Christ. it, I saw
2: a trailer for the Snyder cut, and Hallelujah's in it again. Like, uh, what is this?
1: That, like, I love Leonard Cohen. Don't get me so wrong. So that's boy. that's why you posted that. Yeah, yeah that, was yeah. Like, yeah. that was the origin of your post, huh? Jeez. Yeah, like, I'm still trying right. to figure out. Did you all see that article, or I think it was IGN or something said that that there's only like four minutes of new footage in the Snyder cut. It, I think it's like there's the original footage. Possible? I think yeah, there's that's, like that's old footage m- that wasn't reshot.
0: Yeah. So, th- so there's going to be like so a it's, bunch it's, of old footage in that it existed before the movie was put uh, together, so and then new, four it's, minutes it's, of new
1: footage. I yeah, see, okay. yeah. So I, I still, I mean, who knows? It's still going to probably going to be whatever it is, but it's going to be so bad. But and the thing that, that sucks most about it is it's four hours long. They're going to break it up into episodes and i'm going to have to watch all of them for the show cuz there's no way we're not talking about that on movie the podcast. Zack Snyder is like our pet project on the show. We yeah. always <laughs>
2: Zack Snyder. Visionary director Zack Snyder. All right, thank you.
0: <laughs> so great great job on the opening question. I'm going to give you each two points. Hell yeah. And we're going right. to we're going to hop into <laughs> round number 1. So TJ, do yes. you have a vague idea about oh, Molly Lord. Millions?
1: Oh, hell yeah. I love God, Molly Millions. This one. is an easy one. Uh, well she's a prostitute. Uh, she has razor blades. Uh, let's see, in the tips of her fingers, if I remember correctly, she yeah. has uh, like clear eyes. Like I think they're like they're not clear. They're like reflective. If I like, she's a great character. She shows up in. I was trying to think of this actually when Sean brought up uh, Johnny Mnemonic. She's in Johnny Mnemonic. She actually shows up in the Johnny Mnemonic short story. That was her first appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's in the movie. Who who plays her in the movie, Sean?
2: I well, yeah, that's right. Uh, Dizzy from Starship Troopers, but she's that. not Molly Millions in the movie, she has some other name.
1: Oh, you're right, you're but that was a Molly. yeah, you're right. So Sean got me to point to Sean. I think,
2: th- I think they couldn't use Molly because of, like Neuromancer's been in like uh, it's been optioned basically since before the book was written, so they couldn't use that character.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of Neuromancer being optioned, Nicholas Winding Refn at one point was the guy kicked around to be directing that and it's just like oh man give me that that's the movie i want and then uh chris cunningham was going to direct it for a while the guy that directed all the apex twin videos oh yeah Ooh. which is like that'd be cool uh but yeah molly millions she's also i believe she's like a martial arts expert because everyone is <laughs> in neuromancer except for case case is just a schlub uh but uh everyone else seems to know karate uh, i believe she knows karate uh but she's one of the one of the most interesting characters in uh, Neuromancer. I don't think she shows up in the rest of the Sprawl Trilogy. I think she just shows up in Burning Chrome, which is like the short story collection that came out before Neuromancer and Neuromancer. But I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, that's Molly Millions. Great character. Uh, Very good. Sean,
0: I, do you have anything to add about Molly Millions?
2: Uh, I think she's also in Mona Lisa Overdrive. I think she pops up in all three of those books. She's also... Uh, mm-hmm like her uh, class is razor girl
1: that's right that's damn, it's not
2: that's does, yeah she does get the nickname Steppen razor after the fantastic peter tosh song of the same name from the space jamaicans <laughs> do you and do you know her name
0: a... in uh mona lisa overdrive no her moniker okay i'll share that later
2: and um yeah they also there's a porn star oh god i wish i could remember her name i'm listening that she, i think it's dasha gray or sasha gray sasha or gray yeah okay sasha gray plays her in a black box theater production of neuromancer that did los angeles like five or six times and apparently she's
1: very good in it she was uh pretty she was in that she was in the soderbergh uh, thing right yeah the girlfriend experience she's yeah. pretty good as an actress yeah she's been in a few Are you other familiar with black box theaters no i'm familiar no. with the early 90s dance band black box <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a, a black box theater. is basically like uh, literally just like four black or three black walls and a black stage. It's like a like interpretive theater.
1: Oh, okay,
0: nice. Yeah. yeah. So no cool. no set dressing of any kind. Just yeah. No, it's like Dogma. use your imagination. Dogma ninety five. It's imagination uh, Christmas.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, she does. As Tj mentioned she has ref, uh, reflective lenses grafted onto her face in place of her eyes and uh, the aforementioned razors uh embedded into her fingertips
1: yeah and i remember there's a scene in the book where she like she like guts a bunch of people in a whorehouse she like i think she goes to get revenge like halfway through the novel and it's like pretty brutal I, I again like i really should have read the book if i wasn't so lazy i would have reread neuromancer which i do claim to be my favorite book i've ever read
0: <laughs> it's she such would've... a it's such a good fucking book i gotta i gotta reread it too
1: i haven't read it probably in like five years um the, the... she she go ahead the first time I read it, it was a uh, audiobook read by William Gibson, which if you haven't experienced the book that way, I highly recommend cuz William Gibson has a hilarious southern accent and he says blue in a funny way, which is always like the blue sky and it's just like I always, <laughs> always it stuck with me for a long time.
2: I'm sure we've mentioned this a million times but Neuromancer also has the best opening of any book ever. Oh written my in god, English language so good.
1: Yeah. So good.
0: The uh, the nick the the name she went by in Mona Lisa Overdrive is Sally Shears. Sally oh. Shears. <laughs> also,
2: also illiterate. wife. That's, that's that sounds like the Rite Aid version.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Molly Millions wasn't like her real name either, right? That was like her prostitute. If I yeah. wasn't, yeah, yeah. So
0: you yeah, got great job on the on on round one, two points each.
2: Yes.
1: And
0: uh, and Sean. Stalemate. Sean, uh,
2: round number two. Do you have a vague idea? About New Path? Oh shit! Well, I should. New Path is the um, <clears throat> rehabilitation slash drug growing operation from uh, our favorite movie, *Scanner Darkly*, mm-hmm. uh, where they masquerade as a treatment facility, but they're just getting burned-out junkies to actually process the. uh I don't know if it's is it the same name in the book that it is in the uh, uh, the movie *The Substance D*. Yeah, I think Philp, I don't remember. If it's Dick the same. A- but, a yeah. lot of, like, things with, like, silly-ass brand names that run together. Like, there's the Substance D, and then there's, I think, in the Three Stigma of Palmer Eldritch, it's called, like, the Chew Z, like, C-H-E-W hyphen Z. But, yeah, in, in um, A Scanner Darkly, it's where Bob Arctor ends up going after uh, his brain is totally destroyed to work in the fields, and uh, they're also trying the, um, Christ, why can't I think of her name? The cops are trying to use him to smuggle out the drugs, so they can bust the entire operation.
1: Yeah, very good, TJ. Anything well, to add? Uh, no, he got pretty much everything. I I will say that, that uh, a Scanner Darkly is a, a cyberpunk. You know, it, 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 especially lately because the video game's coming out soon, and hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it's been out for a while. Um, but a *Scanner Darkly* is a great cyberpunk movie that like never gets talked about. I feel like that movie gets slept on. So not only just for being a great cyberpunk movie, but being a great movie in general. Like it's it's the best yeah. Philip K. Dick adaptation, like by oh, far. Yeah. And yeah, that even counts we, that fucking TV show that Amazon put out, which was. Trash. That even counts
2: *Blade Runner*. I think. And I yeah. Think, no. I'm not I afraid to say that.
0: Yeah, because no. when Sean and I rewatched a *Scanner Darkly* to do to do *You Better Believe It*, like I was I was blown away because I had seen it probably like 10 years before, or 15 years before. And I rewatch. I was just like, whoa, I don't understand why I haven't watched this
1: every single week it's since really good. it came out. It's, I it think is. That, I think that the only thing that holds that movie back for some people, it definitely, it definitely doesn't, it, it holds it back a little bit for me. Right? And not, not because it's bad, but because it doesn't stick out is because the movie's kind of a straight line. Like there feels like, I remember when I, I first watched it and I, I wasn't familiar with the book, uh, but I do own it now because I only, <laughs> I only read books that make get movies made. So uh, as a true fucking uh, poser, I have the now a feature film version of oh, the yeah. book. Does uh, it does it have photos in the middle?
0: Because I remember <laughs> that was my favorite thing <laughs> no, about books no, as a kid.
1: No, no, no! God, yeah, we Here's are. Here's the old. novelization, We're of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had the novelization of ba- I had the novelization of everything because i was oh, a yeah. dork, and and the book fair would come around. And I would always get those, and it's like, well, I've already seen this movie, so I can breeze through this book. <laughs> do,
2: you, do you remember, like, uh, vaguely referencing cyberpunk? Do you remember the Scholastic books that were Nintendo adaptations that were totally insane and had nothing to do with the video games? I had all, oh, of them. yeah, I had yeah.
1: all of them. I had the Mega Man, I had the <laughs> Master Blaster. They were like this big. They were. I wish I still had them. I'd love to read them now yeah no um but anyway yeah uh scared darkly is great but it, like there's no like twist at the end or anything like and i feel like i remember when i first saw it i felt like there kind of should have been but the more i think about it no it's fine it's just like i don't know i, I guess like a movie that's like uh, purposely like weird like that you're always expecting like you know he was dead the whole time you know something like that yeah like well a, or, or something like where you, you, want, you want you want arctor to like get out of it
0: and it's just yeah, it's just no, a desperate stuck. tragic story it's just like this person goes in to do one thing and loses themselves completely and society allows it they yeah, they actually do it on purpose to him because nobody actually gives a shit like that's yeah
1: yeah i totally agree also one of the better but, li- uh, richard linkletter movies and i think he's pretty good overall but i mm-hmm. think that's one of his best movies best yeah, alex jones performance
2: in, in a film always kills me
1: i forgot Alex oh, yeah, Jones yeah. is in that that's yeah. right he's, he's in a in lot that. of Linklater shit well, it's because yeah. they live right down the street from each other. Because I yeah. think, yeah, like Alex Jones is in Austin, and I think Linkletter is too. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. All right, great job. Uh, two points for Sean. One point for TJ. And now we're gonna play our first game. We're gonna play fake ad reads. So this is a game <laughs> where I'm going to start an ad, and uh, either of you who I who I select have to join me in this ad read. We're we're okay. doing a podcast ad read, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. So we're uh, we're,
1: we're sponsoring Skillshare, Manscape, <laughs> uh. Squarespace, Square, uh, Shadow Legends, Rage <laughs> Shadow. You don't really hear that one on podcasts too much.
0: So, uh, so TJ, I'm gonna start with you. So, so TJ, you know, there's some days when you just you have manual labor projects that you don't want to handle yourself, right? And you're thinking, hey, I gotta, I gotta sore back, I got tired legs. Why should I have to move uh, large objects across uh, a moon or say the surface of Mars without any help? Mm-hmm. Well, have you ever heard? of the tyrell corp nexus 6 because they have some amazing models that are designed to do the manual
1: labor that you don't want to do this is where i come in yeah yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's like a real podcast
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry yeah the nexus 6 is great um they uh they're they're field tested they uh they're very obedient um you got to use them though Uh, Well, actually, let me let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. This is a this is a feature, not a uh, this is a this is a positive thing, not a detrimental thing. Uh, But let's say you you got your Nexus six and the personality you and the the Nexus six just aren't clicking. Well, don't worry about it, because in four years, they're done. You get another Nexus six. You're all good to go. And that's something
0: that everybody hated about the Nexus five was you
1: have to put them in a rest home or
0: something. And yeah, and and nobody,
1: no more. Nobody wants old robots walking around, drinking all your scotch in your, your old casino. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that, that's pretty great. Also the Nexus six is uh, if, if there's ever, if, uh, if there's ever an independent thought alarm that's brought up on your, your mining farm in Mars, all you got to do is a simple test to figure out to, to let them know that they're actually a robot and they're not, they're not a person. It's all good uh <laughs> all provided for you by tyrell corporation yeah so. tyrell corporation's wonderful uh and uh yeah um batista wears tiny glasses great okay why does, good why does he need glasses the <laughs> yeah, there some uh, people's heads are
2: so thick they shouldn't because uh henry case in the shadow run snes game wore those tiny glasses so it's shorthand
1: oh yeah also also the best part of uh, blade runner 2049 mm-hmm. is batista yeah. Great job, Sean! Oh, yeah. uh, it's you're up Before now. You
2: get it, I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> want to just dis- uh, rail your show, but do you think they changed the Rosen Corporation to the Tyrell Corporation because it sounded less Jewy in the movie?
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I think that I think that Tyrell sounds futuristic, and I think Rosen sounds historical. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's, it wouldn't be so great to watch Rud, a guy that looks like Rudger Howard kill an old Jewish guy. <laughs> that would probably be bad. I think you're giving Ridley Scott too much credit. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, I, I still, I stand by my comment, and I, am pretty proud of it. And you asked me if, if, Ridley Scott knew realized the subtext of some scene that he, that he filmed, and I said I think Ridley Scott watches his movies with no sound on because I don't think he has any interest in the actual story of his movies. And I think if they yeah, happen no. to be good, it's like it's like a fun accident.
2: No, I was saying because uh, like I don't think Ridley Scott realizes that Deckard is the villain of Blade Runner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thousand percent. It's like, hey man, can you come out of retirement, and murder some slaves for us? Don't worry, two of them are women. You can shoot one in the back.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Sean, you're up. So, uh, all right, living living in the real world, just it just sucks. Right. I mean, we, we're, we're all tired of paying bills, having to walk, having to eat. Wouldn't it be better if you could live somewhere else where, hey, you could be maybe a a, a weird samurai who's obsessed with an underage girl, or you could uh, just live your life uh, <laughs> running special gigs in, in virtual realities. Well, we've got something
2: for you. It's Are time to join no? the metaverse. Oh, sure. <laughs> what'd you say?
1: I can't remember if uh, was we like Sean Renault I can't remember if Sean doesn't like this book either but I know I don't like
0: it. yeah yeah no Sean doesn't like this book I'm pretty sure it's fine <laughs> well you have yeah, finished stick with the bit Sean stick with the bit <laughs> so yeah Sean you've you've had some experience with the metaverse what what do you
2: think well I'll tell you one thing it's sure was shit a lot easier to get a pizza that way than to have to negotiate some kind of omerta system where you might have to like get your leg cut off so I like that I don't want 14 year old girls attaching themselves to cars with magnets and zipping around all over the place that's irritating as fuck and then like racially ambiguous transsexual biker gangs who needs that just get into the metaverse and you can have whatever kind of haircut you want because that's important for some reason and it can generate a house and make it look like Thor's house do what you want uh, yeah. it apparently has some kind of military application because god knows that's much easier than just drawing a map well it beats the hell out of living inside a storage unit doesn't it right and then you can have some silly ass name like hero protagonist like that nobody would actually have not even in a satire because it wouldn't be spelled with the i in the japanese way
1: (laughs) (laughs) very good very good thanks for thanks for taking that ride i i felt Uh, betrayed when i read that book everyone told me how much i would love it and then i was like reading it and i was like this is what people like even even sci-fi hard-ass Matt McCormick loves that book. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, he makes fun of me for liking Hannibal because it's silly, but he likes a book where the guy's name is hero protagonist. Like... Yeah. It's, I think, I think it has charming aspects, on his, yeah. on his business cards. I have a big problem with the girl in that story because uh, it's Stevenson, right? Neil Stevenson? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he... Every time he gets the chance, he talks about how sexy she is. And then you're like, she's 14. Like, all right, man. Like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't like this. Like, yeah, we probably got it the first time. It's real uncomfortable. It's like in the, it's like in fucking it. When like, like, uh, which one of the, uh, the, kitty the, yeah, yeah. Well, the kitty gangbang. Yeah. Well, the kitty gangbang, the <laughs> kitty gangbang scene, he talks about how the fat kid has a big dick and it's just like, what the oh yeah, because he's he's writing it from the perspective of a thirteen-year-old girl. who's getting am reading her, this, her, dude? Like, it's bad enough that you wrote a kitty gangbang, but then you're like, "Yeah, and this girthy fat kid, like, oh, god. Yeah, as, as she's getting this, her vagina split twain. Yeah, this fucking <laughs> this fat boy is blowing out my back wall. It's like, <laughs> come on. And and well and the, and the conceit is that
0: they all went through this. Uh, yeah transition it, to adult moment together so they have like to a,
1: do this to all be adults which is just painful. the grossest weird yeah it's a very painful like sometimes you have to face things that you're not prepared to face as a child it's like cool like fucking every like fucking this one girl I, yeah. anyway snow crash sucks yeah okay great job <laughs> great, great job on fake ad reads you each get two we're, points because you are in sports
2: we're not getting any money from that
1: ad no <laughs> no no not it's at all like a, it's like a cometown ad read where they just like trash <laughs> they trash their sponsor the whole time they have this ad they have this ad read they do now for this company called cushy dreams which is a cbd company but they it's cbd that you can smoke so it's literally just fake weed that doesn't work and they're just like why would anybody do this why would it's, you want all the not
0: benefits of weed and all of the dangerous it's, elements it's of so smoking
1: funny. it's so funny <laughs> This, this company paid them to promote their shit, and they're just making fun of it the whole time. It's like, it cracks me up. Also, Cushy Dreams. Uh, shout out to Cushy Dreams because they liked my Stavros drawing the other day, and I laughed my ass off at my desk, and nobody knew why. It's like, Cushy <laughs> Dreams liked your post. Like, what the fuck? Is Cushy
2: spelled with a K? I believe it is. I'm out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's it's time for round number three. TJ... Do you have a vague idea about the song, Tank? He does. He just doesn't know the name of it.
1: Oh, you're probably right. This is going to get me. And I'm not a good liar. I know that's a rule in this, this show. I, I mean, not, yeah, make up whatever you want. I'm not good at lying. Uh, so, I know I choose the honorable route, to be honest, <laughs> and tell you that I don't know. All right. Don is going okay. to then I'm gonna get pissed off because it's gonna be like it's gonna be like TJ's it. gonna feel really stupid in three, two, one. Let's jam.
2: Come on in, uh, is the opening theme of Cowboy Bleep Bloop.
1: Ah, oh, there is. is. Are you serious? I didn't yep. know that was the title of that song. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it also
2: has a parenthetical, if I recall correctly. It's like well, it's something, Japanese something
1: parentheses
2: tank. Um, they love they love that with an exclamation point.
1: Also, yeah, Cowboy, uh, Cowboy Bebop rules.
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Cowboy Bloop Bloop with uh, starring Wolverine and a <laughs> guy named Jet Black. So you're aware of his ethnicity, and also um, a autistic child, and then also a woman who, if I recall correctly, is a, a what was it a what what is that trope? Uh, born born tomorrow, yesterday. Where she's like a fifth element. Wasn't wasn't Faye like in suspended animation as a child, but grew into a person? Yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah.
2: So uh, born sexy yesterday. That's the name of the trope.
1: Best. The best thing about uh, Cowboy Bebop is you can watch the whole thing in like two hours. Like you can like blast through that that show. It's so refreshing to watch a show that's only twenty two minutes long an episode. You're like, oh man, this is great.
2: Uh, Not for nothing though. Tank is not really a jazz song. I would argue that it's a funk song, and I think bass auto dj stanball would agree
1: yeah no i'd agree with that yeah, yeah. i mean at, at
0: best it's a fusion song and it's leaning way into like
1: rock fusion yeah the fusion the, well it's kind of like if you've ever watched that guy's other show that uh, samurai, samurai Shum- shampoo or whatever so like they they constantly like they, they're like it's a hip-hop show but like as someone that doesn't really listen to a lot of hip-hop but if you like if Sean listens to this be like this isn't hip-hop at all it's just like it's jazz music that has a record scratch in it like it's a I mean it's still kind of cool but it's not uh it's not hip-hop it's a a Japanese approximation of hip-hop I suppose oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) very good I didn't know the title of that song I uh I uh I, I but like I guess at the same time like why how do you know the title of that song, Sean Uh, It's in
2: the credits.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 It's just one of those, like, you see it enough times. Um, So, yeah, great job. Sean, one point. TJ, zero points. And Sean, round number four. Do you have a vague idea about stacks and sleeves?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's from um, the Joel Cinnamon vehicle, um, Altered Carbon, which is a a book series that everybody has pretended to read, and I think the only person that might have written as sci-fi badass or (laughs) sci-fi hard-ass Matt McCormick. (laughs) Um, I've never read it, but I'm going to just state declaratively it's filled with like weird sexual shit and parts where women describe themselves as they're looking in a mirror, which is the laziest way to write anything. Yeah, Um, Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a bunch of space wars and space war veterans and uh lunar shogun jeff bezos it's a good sh- it's a really good show um i'm gonna come out and say i didn't even bother watching the second season
1: for some reason even though i love the first season and i like anthony Mackey. i haven't watched the second season either yeah i haven't
0: watched the second either but and now I it's canceled like the... so there we're you the reason like... we're the reason it canceled all three of us are fans of the show but none of us watched it it's like the I, I, it's like the board posting meme there the guy just says uh there were three alter carbon fans missing there will be no children's <laughs> hospital <laughs> yeah yeah
2: i feel like it's a it's a book series that like i would have read had it come out like way earlier and i'm totally just talking out of my ass but i feel like that book's like almost like post cyberpunk like it's so far uh after the the Bruce Sterling's and the William Gibson's but before kind of the cyberpunk renaissance that we're going through questionable yeah what? i
1: could i could see that
2: that, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to assume that there's a lot of, like, uh, weird sex stuff, especially with the idea of them being able to swap bodies. And um, I'm hoping it's it's akin to the Rob Schneider vehicle, the hot chick, or also the Rob Schneider vehicle, the animal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only read it because of the show. Like, I read, there's, like, three books. I only read the first one. And it was pretty close to the show from what I get, you know. I thought it was it was all right. I read it pretty quick. It didn't really stick with me very much. Like apparently nothing does. Apparently I don't retain any information when I read a book. So
0: There's just too much. Oh, but,
1: there's too much
2: information.
0: To,
1: to actually answer the question,
2: excuse me, which I didn't do at all. Um, the stacks and sleeves, the sleeves are a body and the stacks are like your downloaded consciousness, which I thought the show stole from my book, but I probably just absorbed it somehow and used almost the same exact conceit. No, there I think it's a,
0: it's that it's whatever that thing is where everybody has the same idea at the
1: same time. Parallel I thought. The term. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're always oh, we're, we're always, always doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for a second, I thought Nate was gonna bring up Ready Player One, and because like the stacks were the the fucking oh like, the trailer park the like trailer park favelas. I was like, oh god, is Nate gonna bring up Ready Player One? Is Ready I Player One cyberpunk? I guess I it considered
0: is. it just so we could argue about how it can't possibly be cyberpunk and how a lot of people would say it is. It kind of, oh, to-
2: I think it
1: totally it is. is. Yeah, yeah, it's just really bad. Apparently the second one is even worse, like the book. I, saw I, the I, watched, yeah.
2: I watched the review of it. It sounded horrendous. Only in a cyberpunk dystopia would you say she was my mother's sister. Right. Yeah. Which is possibly the most clunky piece of dialogue in movie history. Besides <laughs> what happens to a toad that gets struck by
1: lightning. I still love the fact that like, like, it's like no one, like thousands of gamers have never figured out the mystery of trying to go reverse on the fucking racetrack. The first thing fucking people that try to break video games do thousands and thousands of people, they never figured that out. Like just out of fucking, just, just trying shit. Wouldn't you have just like the sheer number of people would have figured that out like pretty quickly. Yeah. It's not like it's Simon's quest. Like, Oh my God right fucking movie that fucking movie had the nerve had the goddamn nerve to fucking put the shining in that fucking movie like that i of of anything that movie did yeah i i I, on a like a a cellular level that made me so (laughs) bad shining is like such a great film and it's like oh look now there's like zombies dancing in the fucking like overlook hotel like because that's a thing that happened in the shining you got to remember, it was
2: Halliday' uh, his eighth oh. favorite
1: movie. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, like, the, like the thing that bothers me the most about that movie is like that movie took place in like what, like twenty eighty four or something, and it's like they're they're all like nostalgic over the eighties, but like, why would they care? It's like if like people now, like, aside from psychopaths like me, that like you know who gives a shit about a movie that came out like nineteen forty two. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost like
2: as if you were like some kind of futuristic starship pilot landing on a, you know, God's home planet and you're obsessed with Stephen Stills. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just humming sweet Judy Blue Eyes the whole time you're walking around. Like, seriously,
2: that's a line Idris Elba has like, oh, this belonged to Stephen Stills. Like, this is the year like 35,000.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> TJ, you got
0: anything you want to add about the uh, Stacks and Sleeves? No, Sean no. kind of hit it, so yeah,
1: I think he got it. I the stacks and sleeves though would be a funny, it sounds like a funny like penis joke, like stacks and sleeves and like uncircumcised, like a stack <laughs> is a cut cut dick and a sleeve is an uncut dick. It's like I'm, like I'm going to the li- going to the stacks and sleeves tonight. It's a gay bar. <laughs> oh, it's I'm time in. to make but, cruise uh, in 2049. Oh dude, <laughs> there's a movie that's an idea right there. Futuristic gay sex. I'm not gonna lie to you, Nate. I was I forgot
2: what we were doing. And when you said stacks, I was getting ready to answer questions about like soul music and Memphis blues.
0: <laughs> All right. Great, great job. One point each on stacks and sleeves. And now it's it's time for our second game. It's time for the Thunderdome. Oh, and this week in the Thunderdome, you both have to tell me who's going to win in a battle to the death between two of the greats <laughs> of Cyberpunk writing: Philip K. Thinking- Dick versus William Gibson in a battle to the death tj who yeah. do you think wins
1: uh you know it, it this is going to be an interesting uh topic between me and sean because i think rick respectively i think i am more of a gibson fan and sean is more of a philip k dick fan I guess um, i'm a mad dickhead <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh I, I, me god that's tough this is like a uh this is literally this is what i think this is this is the alan moore versus frank miller in the 80s conversation right yeah i think that philip k dick is a better writer just as i think watchman is a better written comic book than dark knight returns but for a long time not anymore i would say that dark knight is my favorite dark knight is punchier dark knight has got you know the 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 more eye catching art it's it's more of a like a a quick read i think that is exactly the same parallels between like gibson stuff and and dick stuff dick stuff is filled with like clever wordplay and like you have to think i mean i guess not so much but he's he's a he's more of a satirist i guess than than gibson but gibson like is more of like a broad strokes kind of guy so i'm gonna give the i'm gonna give the the nod to gibson but i'm fully aware that i could be wrong uh and also just as a meta I couldn't think of a funnier death match in real life between me and Sean. It's like, who's going to win to the two guys that want to die the most? (laughs) No matter who loses, we win. (laughs) We're each allowing the other person to kill the other person, but we don't want to be guilty about killing them. So we're just like in a constant stalemate of wanting to die. We're trying to get the audience to kill us. Just both of you on your knees screaming, do it at each other. Uh for the nickel 24. every time that's happened in real life. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway, go ahead. All Sean. right, Sean, what do you think?
2: Oh, Philip K. Dick would annihilate him. You ever seen the size of Philip K. Dick? He's a big guy. That's what we're talking. Are we talking about an actual, <laughs> an actual <actress> fight? fight? <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I mean it's 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 two interpretation. It's in the Thunderdome. So yeah. Oh
2: yeah, he would murder. And plus he had like super crazy Jesus strength. I don't know. I think uh Gibson honestly is like a better, like like a better man for all seasons, right? Or like like from like a technical like if you if two people turn in a writing assignment, Gibson's is going to be better and like coherent. I yeah. think Philip K. Dick, I love, but I I don't think it's the most accessible shit in the world. I think you you almost have to work your way up to it. It's like Saki. Like nobody likes that shit at first. That is true. But yeah. you know, like uh, Gibson is, and as much as I hate to say it, like I think Nate and I know, like or Nate and I have discussed a lot. Mm-hmm. Accessibility is important, so I'm gonna give the nod just as like, hey, I can pick up this book and read it. it, it it's more of like an NBA jam thing than like a out yeah. of the park baseball.
1: Phil yeah. K. Dick, you know what I'm saying? Like, what a reference! Out of the park yeah. baseball. Holy shit! Yeah, I, I could, see, but like at the same time, like Dick isn't like like Thomas Pinchon. Like, it's not like you know what I mean? No, he's like, not a, a pretentious hipster. Fuck. No. Um, um, but yeah, it, I mean it, it, Gibson's.
0: I, Gibson's. You know, Gibson's notable because he was able to sort of transition to writing like contemporary era novels and wrote like four of those for a period of time in the '90s and early 2000s, where it's just like these are just kind of stories that are happening in common day, which yeah. Philip K. Dick would never do, because uh, and Philip K. Dick like all of his stuff is so steeped in in philosophy and and psychedelia and these sorts of like. It's all mind expansion, and it's all exorcism of his own demons all the time. And I don't know that yeah. Gibson has demons in the strictest sense. Like, Gibson yeah. is able to populate people, characters who have demons, but Dick was actually like, this is the only way I can express what I'm feeling.
2: That's I so Dick thought God was literally speaking to him. Yeah. I mean, and when I say, like, Dick isn't, like, super accessible, I'm not talking about... Even, like, you know, the... The mercerism parts of uh, Androids is kind of thick, but I'm talking about like Valis and Ubik and like that really impenetrable shit that you're, you're just not going to pick up in a fucking jury duty waiting room and enjoy the same way you would with, you know, Burning Chrome or whatever. Well, what I,
1: I think like one of the things that speaks to that, Sean, is the fact that, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time, but like the film adaptations of Dick's work generally aren't very good. And I mean, recently I, I made a brief comment about it before, I say recently, probably came out five years ago, but Amazon did like a whole, like uh, like a Twilight Zone type series where like each episode was about yeah. an individual story. And this was like overseen by like the dick, like whoever like his uh, estate or whatever. And it was supposed to be like, you know, they have all the creative control they want. So they can basically do anything because it's an Amazon show. You know what I mean? Like you, you're, you're narrow casting to a specific audience. And even in that case, those adaptations are not good. So it's like, is it because the material? You know what I mean. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact the material is tough to adapt. You know what I mean. Even yeah, in the yeah. where you have complete creative freedom, so you can be as out there as you want to be. Now, of course, you do. You have your limitations because you can only make like an hour, an hour and a half show. But like that, I think that speaks to it right there. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. yeah no, because it-
2: I forgot all about that series and I've never watched an episode. That's not very good. I, I watched
0: the whole thing. It's like all of, all of Philip K. Dick's work lives best in the place, in the, in the kind of limbo that exists within the reader's head, right? Like there's some yeah. science fiction that only works when you don't have to describe it and someone can just take what you've said and project whatever their vision of it is and that brings it to full life.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's why TJ made a good point when um, he mentioned, you know, Frank Miller versus Alan, Moore. Alan Moore's Alan Moore stuff is notoriously unadaptable. Yeah. And like the, the, I, th- I would argue the most successful uh, Alan Moore adaptation is the Watchmen TV show, which is yeah very dissimilar from the book.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and and I mean, you know, I I still had fantasies that that at some point we would get a a, a redo, and it wouldn't even have to be uh what's his face that did the that, that did the show, but just the the episode of the Watchmen where they bring the the actual you know the alien is teleported in. And how well that it was works, awesome. and how and 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 watching that and just going, <laughs> yes. why did you
1: rewrite the fucking end of the movie how when you could have just done this? Like it, it's yeah. Anyway, you know, but but yeah, and, and this I know this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about, but like, and we've talked about the Watchmen movie ad nauseum on our show, but like, I think even if you put the squid in, it doesn't fix that movie. The problem, oh, no. with, yeah. The problem with Watchmen the movie is, the, you made a adaptation that is like on the surface you got everything right like you got all the panels to look like the panels in the comic but you cut out all the like subtext like you cut out the the whole subtext about uh Mendeus like like having all the artists and like the, the John Galt subtext is, is right. what I like to call it. Well in the whole Where they create uh, the, the squid and all that stuff and all the other like things that aren't punching and kicking. You know what I mean? The like, pirate
0: ship stuff that is yeah. so important to understanding that like this is a story about someone who does everything they can to do what they think is the right thing and does exactly the wrong thing. Yeah, get the allegory. Yeah. Well, and, and also that I mean that, that whole story is about regular people. And that's supposed to be the point. Like, it's not yeah. supposed to be flashy or feel like a superhero movie. It shouldn't have had all along the Watchtower
1: in it. Like, it should no, be, and it you know, it's, it's all that. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing <laughs> is, you read that You read that comic book, and you don't think, oh, this is like a action-packed comic book. Like, I feel like when I read that when I was, like, a lot younger, I actually kind of found it kind of boring, because it's not like a normal comic It's not like Dark Knight Returns, which no, is yeah. full of action. And, like, the movie, Watchmen shouldn't have been an action movie. It should have been, like, a fucking cold drama. Like, it really should have been a slow, drawn-out kind of dramatic film with people in superhero costumes. And how cool would that have been? You know what I mean? Like, if you made, like, this really straight-faced fucking drama with, like, guys in, like, superhero costumes. You're supposed to
0: watch that movie and and be just gut-wrenchingly horrified at who rorschach is not to think like oh he's batman cool batman's cool i like rorschach you're supposed to go no this is a person who's not well who is doing the very things that if i crossed this person in a dark alley i would be terrified because i would be murdered by a psychopath
1: well they also like to talk about like you eliminate all subtext right like they they show the they do the origin scene where he like he crosses the line right and he murders that guy and in the comic, that's supposed to be, like, this this symbol of, like, everything that's gone corrupt with the world. But in the movie, it's shot like a fucking action movie. Like, him killing the guy, you're like, yeah, fuck that guy. And, like, yeah, that is kind of the point, right? But, like, that was supposed to be a line that you're not supposed to cross. But in a Zack Snyder movie where, like, everybody's shooting and, and like, sex scenes are ramped up and all that other nonsense.
2: Like- <laughs> well, it's even worse because in the book, the – it's uh... – It the way he's killed is indirect and it kind of shows his like nihilism at that point. Mm -hmm. Or not nihilism because he does believe in things, but his like his his disregard for that as a human being, like you choose. One way or another you're gonna die. You just get to pick how it goes. But in the movie, he just like freaks out and has like a fucking like a a leather face hammer execution, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the book, doesn't he like he explodes? The house like burns down, doesn't it? Well, not, he he he's it's like a saw thing in the book, right? Like, where he, gives oh, him, that's right. he
2: attaches him to something and gives him that's a right. saw and tells him he can cut himself free. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Great job on Thunderdome. Uh, yeah, Sean, classic I'm give you... cyberpunk novel Watchmen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
0: everything. Um, so Sean, three points because Phil K. Dick is is way hulking and massive. So, that's that's the winner. Uh, two points for TJ. But we've brought up two Zack Snyder movies. Like, we can't stop. We can't. We just can't. <laughs> I'm, I think he's uh, Yvonne etnia us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the superliminal. Or the super? superliminal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, talk about Zack Snyder. Well, I'm sure there had to have been some cyberpunk elements in Sucker Punch, right? Like, let me think. Is it when they were in that train that was kind of cyberpunky, maybe? I don't know. And now from the makers of Pomme ou Pomme de Terre, it's La Chose
0: Francaise Arbitraire. That's the arbitrary French thing. And the only thing that's French about it is the name. So, gentlemen, it is time for an upgrade, but you only get one. What <laughs> one thing about yourself are you gonna upgrade? And why? TJ my
1: penis come on <laughs> um, all right <laughs> no uh, <laughs> i mean that was the easy one yeah i mean yeah. uh you know what i'm sticking with it yeah i just want a big cyborg dick like that just you know what i mean like i've never been proud of it it kind of works when it wants to it'd be great to have but you know if it's like the first gen model maybe it wouldn't work all the time but even so it's a conversation piece yeah there you go <laughs> You know, instead of randomly sending my shitty dick to people like on the internet, I send this robot penis and they're like, look at that. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I mean, you know, that's the thing, right? You want to start a conversation. So that'd be good. So yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with like hydraulic penis. Okay. All right. Great. Sean, (laughs) what one thing about you would you upgrade and why? (laughs) I want to
2: come (laughs) money. Okay. So, so, like, not coins. Paper money though, or like, change. No, not coins, because, like, then I'd have to, like, alter the urethra, and I don't think that's against the spirit of the conversation. That's two upgrades. I don't want to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, That'd be yeah, I just want to jerk my dick and be able to pay for cable. So, <laughs> yeah. if I could hook those things up, because my OnlyFans is doing poorly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're getting a free plug here, so... Yeah, and I don't want to come crazy future money. I don't want to have to learn how to pronounce something new. I don't want to have to know like Vietnamese naming customs to be able to say what the money is. Just give me regular old dollars while they're still worth something. And if they could just like shoot out in like a thin roll of hundreds, uh, <laughs> that would
1: be nice. Yeah.
2: yeah, and that's the that's that's a thought you can feel too. I would say, like, I'd I want, like, a duplicate, like, a life model decoy, but it, it's just going to be me again, and we're both just going to want to sit around and kill ourselves, and then argue over whether or not we murder each other as suicide, and have <laughs> this, like, nagging Catholic guilt, or in his case, like, implanted memory Catholic guilt, and it's just going to, it's going to get too long, and then it's going to turn into a Calvin and Hobbes thing, where we've got 50 duplicates in there, <laughs> like, yeah. I think coming dollars is the safer bet. Does it feel good when you
1: come the dollars? Like, is it, like, regular come? it's still sad
2: oh yeah
1: (laughs) fair (laughs) you get the
0: you get a flash of brilliance followed by disappointment
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: but then you're like oh but money so you get yeah, that, another flash of that, brilliance. That's, that's
2: the new, so, uh, the real cyberpunk song is "Have a Sad, Calm B.B." by Death Grips.
1: <laughs> uh, so, so Sean and I, the the master intellects that we are, both of our answers are basically dick related. Yeah, yeah, no, and very
0: good. So, yeah, TJ, you're gonna get two points because you you opened the the yeah, dick I'm the related in, conversation. I'm the
1: innovator of penis, and and one point for Sean. Very Tommy, good, Tommy Creamer, the innovator of penis. <laughs> so uh that's so a wrestling Joe we've got we've got one
0: round left uh right now Sean you're up two points 14 to 12
1: two points so uh it's a real NFC very showdown yeah oh <laughs> oh god <laughs> hey well Nate's a Broncos fan it's not like he's doing much better
0: oh man I'm not even a Broncos fan anymore oh, I thought I, you I were I can barely no I mean they're fine I can just barely stand the NFL at this point that's all yeah I don't it's blame it's there. uh it's not. I, I would love them if if everything about the the league turned around and was not shitty, but that's yeah. okay. TJ and I gonna m- make
2: this reference like constantly, but the NFL shield <laughs> should just be the 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 screen grab of Principal Skinner doing the finger
1: thing. Yeah. The, the money. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's all it is. I mean, in <laughs> hockey's the same way, honestly. But it's like, ridiculous. The fact yeah. that Denver played a game last week at all, or. Yeah. You know, it was insane. Like they had 20 some people on the, the thing and it's like no no quarterback. Like, come on. Like well, they shouldn't and the league
0: played. doesn't even have the balls to come out and be like, We're doing this on purpose to make an example of you guys. Like they yeah. wouldn't even do it. It just the media has to be like, Oh, this is what you're doing. And it's like, yeah, yeah of course that's what they're doing.
2: The NBA rules, they figured it out. Nobody got sick. They got better uniforms, like they treat the players like human beings.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Best best sports league we've got. Final topic time. Sean, do you have a vague idea about post-cyberpunk?
2: Um the only vague idea I have about post-cyberpunk is this like new genre that I think contains two books and one collection of short stories called Solar Punk, which is like um aesthetically like that Sunset Overdrive game that nobody played but was supposed to be like the killer app for the Xbox One, where everything's like kind of um uh, Utopian the game cool. and bright. It's like it's like a um it's like a broken windows policy, cyberpunk or everything. It's like aesthetically similar, but closer to the Star Trek and everything's scrubbed clean.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. not fun at all. I don't like that. Very good. TJ, anything to add? What do you think? Post-cyberpunk. Uh, post-cyberpunk. Well, uh, I'm going to guess that anytime that, that that post thing is brought out, it's like like post-hardcore where it's like you had hardcore music, which was like abrasive and, and kind of gross. And then post-hardcore was, like, when, like, Thursday came out, and it was, like, the birth of, like, emo rock, where it was all about, like, people's feelings, but they were also still screaming. So- Can I
2: interject with a, a brief Thursday comment? <laughs> sure. Do it. I went on a first date, like, a Tinder date, because the girl yeah. had tickets to a Thursday concert, and she got all drunk at the auto bar, and I had to drive her car home and
1: got in a car accident.
2: Jesus Christ. Cool. Oh, no. <laughs> and that band see. is not good.
1: No, they're not they are not I don't believe they're around anymore uh anyway uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of dovetail off what sean said it's probably like i'm not familiar with the genre uh I'm not very well read uh <laughs> and i but it's probably like it's probably the same thing right like it's probably they took they took the aesthetic of cyberpunk but they probably added some some new uh sheen of optimism uh or um they they're like well you know things are bad it's like the the liberal take on cyberpunk like maybe, maybe everyone will get decks now you know that everyone gets decks everyone has an equal 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 opportunity to get a deck you know what i mean um yeah the monocorps
2: run by a woman of color
1: yeah there you go there you go yeah uh, can we call they, it brunch punk they want they want. Yes. <laughs> I, I want I want. Uh, intersectionality in my corporate takeovers uh, and my street samurais. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all I got. I'm not familiar with uh, post cyberpunk.
0: No, yeah, yeah. I mean, you both you both hit it right on the head. I mean, it, it is it is basically just a reaction to cyberpunk where instead of being uh, dark, edgy, dystopian, it imagines that oh well, the future with all this technology will just lead to people like you work in a bank, but you'll have a, a wrist computer and you'll be able to hack blah blah blah. And so
1: that's kind of yeah. th- so that that right there though is what Ready Player One kind of is right because that's yeah. like the ultimate. Now obviously like the 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 world is a dark gloomy place, but by the end of it, it's like a very positive thing. It's like the world would be better if you just stop playing video games. Like so. I'm, I shut down the Oasis two times a day so or two times a week so everybody can fuck their hot girlfriend. Yeah, sorry
2: if you're off those two days. So yeah. um, post-cyberpunk is the retroactivist, the world that you're making fun of in that book. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: very true. it's like, yeah, well, but it's not even because I think like what I was trying to do in that book was be more utopian. Yeah. And post-cyberpunk is just like, really what TJ said about it, just being like, or which, whichever of you said, it's like the liberal thing. It's just oh, that. It's just sort of this thing where, and it is, it's Ready Player One because the idea is, look, everything's terrible, but these kids still go to high school yeah. and they just play a video game uh, whenever they're not in high school. I think and, that's like the most know.
1: frustrating thing about that movie is like, there's idea, and, a, and by extension, I guess the book, the, there's ideas that are kind of interesting. Like that world is completely fucked. And like the idea that, they they don't they don't even get into this, but I think that there is a cool statement to be made where uh, that you know it's it's uh, again I am king rambles today, but one of the reasons I like vaporwave so much and that whole like art movement for lack of a better term is I think there's an interesting concept in being nostalgic for something that you didn't experience right yeah so like the whole idea of like Ready Player One is the world is fucked no one is creative nothing has been made in 50 years there's no art anymore like there's no there's only consumption right you're only just taking in what you get so the reason people are nostalgic for times past is because that's the only that's the only place that they can find creativity right now but they're also only ever
0: they're also only ever nostalgic for the reproduction yeah it was a product already like the way that indiana jones is George Lucas and Spielberg saying that they experienced 1930s serials, which they did not because they weren't,
1: Right, they would
0: have watched them as kids in the 50s, so they would have been watching a product from a time in the, and yeah, it's just this rewriting, uh, re-scribing of history.
1: Yeah, and it's it's it. There's something interesting to that. I think that there's something to be said. But again, the movie doesn't do that at all. The movie doesn't dwell on that whatsoever. That, the, God forbid, the movie have anything interesting to say. It's just like, look at all these characters. Hey, look! Remember Battletoads? There's Battletoads. Like,
0: oh <laughs> yeah. The uh the 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 worst the part about the Easter book. Easter egg movie. Because I I read the book. It's an easy read. It's actually a pretty fun read for most of it. But the most irritating part of the book is that it it ends with just the cheapest Deus Ex Machina moment possible. And I'm sure the movie, I haven't actually seen the movie, so I don't know well, how shitty I it is. But, but like it's just it's just this idea that, okay, cool. So everything seems to be clamping down on this kid and his friends, that this corporation is going to crush them. And then all of a sudden, just Oh, the other, the other co-founder of the Oasis shows up and says, well, hey, I've got a mansion and I've bought this array of utility for you to use to win the game. So Wait. just come to my house the end. And it's so stupid. More or less
1: how the movie ends as well. Yeah,
0: it's just, yeah, it's just cheap. So anyway. What are you going to do? Great job on post-Cyberpunk. So TJ, two points. Sean, one point. And that means our final score. Very close. Sean, you win with 15 <laughs> points to TJ's 14 came down to the wire
2: i'm a real daniel jones
0: (laughs) (laughs) so sean is there anything that you would like to plug anything you want uh
2: listeners to know about anything like that send in your manuscripts if they're science fiction and not steampunk yeah uh yeah we're open manuscripts we're gonna do probably one or two more uh two if they're excellent one if they're passable uh we want to give people a chance but yeah other than that um Nate's got something he's working on. I'm gonna do a little bit of stuff for him and do some doodles. I hope and yeah, I hope so too. That's it. Right on.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you want, if you want to send manuscripts, we are open at Read uh, it's readspaceboy@gmail.com at gmail.com to send us your manuscripts check out the website readspaceboy.com if you need to know a little bit about us and and tj tj's bio is still on the the website That's because right. you're you're technically yes. art director i think is what we called you still i can't remember I'm still um, <laughs> <around>. <laughs>
1: great yeah tj anything you'd like to plug uh no um i uh I, I hope by the time that, that this airs that we're st- maybe we can go outside and do stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, because, uh, yeah, it sucks. Uh, I guess uh, you just look me up on Instagram. I'm always doing commissions. I'm, like, overwhelmed with them at the moment, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, uh, Instagram is XL, the letter X, the letter L, and then the rest is spelled just the way you think, E-L-T-O-P-O-X-L. I don't know why i set it out of the order like that uh also that name is a cyberpunk reference in and of itself kind of uh that XL is from the video game wipeout XL, and oh, i yeah. always thought it was cool <laughs> so i used it like a million That's... years ago and every every username after that video game when i had to add something because somebody already had it i would always put XL, and it's literally from wipeout Very so nice. <laughs> uh, i'm gonna recommend the game wipeout XL for playstation one uh, i remember it being a lot of fun uh, that that's it oh of course uh check out movie the podcast uh god only knows like we'll probably have killed ourselves by the time this like right now we have been in the the doldrums of uh watching movies we watched jujitsu last week which was fucking horrible uh this week we're watching uh fucking sinister which i watched last night which was fucking horrible they literally have a char- they have a line of dialogue in this movie where they try to introduce a character and they go He's an occult criminal expert. The police call him when things get weird, because that's a thing that that happens in real life. Uh, The movie has no lights, no lights at all. I've seen movies that were shot with a home video camera with just the light on top of the camera that were better lit than this movie. Uh, Are you talking about Inland Empire specifically? (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah really uh, yeah
2: how did ethan Hawke do first reformed and everything else he's done that's not a richard linklater movie in the last 20 years has been
1: trash because he just like i think he just wants a check like this like i don't know Have you, yeah i guess you didn't watch it yet it's, it's no really i'm gonna
2: watch it tomorrow morning i yeah. gotta work up to it
1: uh movie the yeah. podcast uh you can find you, you can find us under molehole radio on all your little podcast aggregates we are on spotify now uh which i had to fucking apply for it was kind of annoying i'm sure nate you probably had to go through oh yeah same stuff. yeah you got to go through a an approval process well it was, it was stupid because it kept saying to submit it and i did but then like the website like kept spinning, like I didn't submit it and it wouldn't give me any confirmation. And then finally, I like went to the website and then Googled it the, or didn't Google. I went to Spotify and put in the name and it went through. They just never told me. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. What's Mulholl the Radio. theme this month, by the way?
1: The theme is Ethan. Uh, it's Ethan Hawk. I don't remember. It's Hawk What what month is this? Hawk Sember?
0: Hawk Sember, I guess. December. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't but uh yeah uh check out movie the podcast sean and i do a show every week and uh sometimes we watch good movies but sometimes we watch absolute trash i'm yeah. not sure which episodes are better quite honestly it's it's always a mix
0: i think there are some good episodes when you watch something good and there are some fantastic episodes when you watch stuff that's bad Uh, Yeah. So listeners check, check out their, their show. And uh, if you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review us wherever you listen, find us on social media. We're at a vague idea podcast uh, on Instagram and at a vague idea pod on Twitter. We're also uh, the a vague idea podcast online group thing on Facebook. And you can find the Vague Idea Podcast Network page on Facebook as well if you want to see the uh, Funky Spunk and Roll for Blank podcasts that we also that we also host. Otherwise, let's uh, let's be real serious about getting through the 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 winter here and masks and distancing and being smart and surviving. And so well, that Joe way Biden's we can. President
2: now, so we don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, we and don't have to worry about certainly like not
0: stimulus money for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's all it's all just going to take care of itself. Um, so yeah so thank you so much for listening we have all had a vague idea about cyberpunk this week and that's a good thing because the devil is in the details
1: (laughs) bye-bye bye-bye i don't know why i said it like that but i did and i'm (laughs) standing by it (laughs) bye-bye bye guys
0: A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, Ms. Shannon Page, and sometimes John Paros. Information about topics often come from Wikipedia, so hey, why not donate a bit to that? Sound effects are Creative Commons public domain. If you like this podcast, tell a few people, and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And if you happen to like reading science fiction, check out the small press I started with my friend Sean Grokowski. You can find Spaceboy books at ReadSpaceboy.com.